When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody, this is Phil Town. And this is Danielle Town. Welcome to the Invested Podcast. You guys know what we do here. And, and we welcome just have been back doing to it us. For a while. <laughs> welcome back to us. Yeah. We've so, been uh, a little bit on and off the last few weeks, and I'll take the responsibility for that one. I've been feeling pretty off and on the last few weeks, and we nah. haven't always been able to accomplish a podcast. So thanks for bearing with us to everybody who's listening regularly that's two years now into long covid two years that's a pretty yeah that's, that's a pretty a big amount of time number it's, well it's not it's not you're getting better i mean that's the really cool thing yeah yeah so piece by piece step by step yeah the frustrating part is that i feel <clears throat> better sometimes and then i think oh now i can like do things and commit to things and then I go back down and it's very hard to cope with that up and down yeah but, but you're doing good yeah so just wanted to say thanks for bearing with us everybody and that we're trying to get new episodes out every week as usual um hopefully we'll get to stack them up here a little bit and do some what do we call that, Dad? Like when we do a series on the same subject. Yeah. That would be cool to do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so, I'm thinking, you know, we started talking about being a little bit about what you know you don't know and what you don't know you don't know and how to be risk averse and the fact that yeah, you find that you're so risk averse that everything has a problem and you, you buy nothing. Is that right? Yeah. 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 So... We've been talking now for a number of weeks about your view of inversion, of risk, of how to take worries about a company and decide whether or not they are um, dangerous enough to sink a potential investment decision. And we talked about that through Google. We talked about that a ton in Netflix. And then you shared with us about Alibaba and seeing something, seeing a risk that you had not seen before. And this yeah. whole time that we've been talking about all that stuff, I just kept thinking, you know, I think we come at this really differently. I think just naturally, innately, you and I come at these kinds of decisions with a different baseline and that baseline is that I am, I suppose, really risk averse compared to you. I don't know if that's the right terminology and that's something we could talk about. But I, I hope think, it's wrong. I hope it's wrong too, because I, I think you are actually quite risk averse when it comes to investing. But I, I'm, 
I've just been struck at how you tend to look at these risks and find a way to get comfortable with some of them sometimes and then go and buy XYZ company and then buy ABC company and then buy EFG company multiple times, multiple companies. And my experience with investing certainly before I ever started this and continuing on into this uh, experience of doing my own investing is that I can see every problem, every worry. I can make up worries nobody else has ever thought of (laughs) about XYZ company and ABC company and EFG company. And those worries sound very legitimate to me And like a very good reason to stay away from that company. And I have a hard time refuting the inversion, even with companies I really like. So my error, and we've talked about this a number of times here, my error has consistently been one of not buying, of being overly... I don't like saying overly cautious because I don't think that's right. But in a world of people who buy stocks, that's kind of what it ends up looking like. It's funny. We're, we're just talking with one of my neighbors, is a guy about my age, who's just learning this now from us. And um, he's naturally in a, he's in a position much different than you, actually. He's much older. And as a result really has a very strong reason to be very risk averse. He can't afford to take a loss Hmm. of, of a limited amount of retirement capital. It's, it's a substantial amount, but it's limited enough that they're concerned. They won't make it 30 years Mm -hmm. and they feel like they really need to, they don't want to be a, a burden on their children. So he's, he's started to just at this point in his life say, okay, I've got to learn how to invest. And what I see already is the main, the, the first level of difficulty is that he's, he, it's, he's finding it difficult to be an analyst. He's finding it difficult to be a person who is going to absorb the information about a business enough to where he can make a good decision about it. That's a real challenge for him. Okay. To, to do the work. It's a real challenge to do the work. And it starts with just feeling like I really can't do it. I can't. This is just too much. It's, it's like looking at an elephant and thinking, you know, like the old thing about how do you eat an elephant, right? But he's looking at this elephant and not thinking about taking small bites. He's looking at it like I've got to, I've got to eat the whole elephant. And it's so intimidating. Mm-hmm. Um, the size of this thing when he's never done anything like this in his life. I totally get that. And I, I think we talked about that a lot in the beginning. Like I absolutely felt like that. So tell him to go buy our book. Yeah. So, yeah. (laughs) So maybe you should, yeah, you should probably read that. So I think the, why aren't you handing it out like candy dad? I should be. I really should be. (laughs) I keep, I keep thinking people will find their way to it, but no, you should, you should read that book. Um, but my first thought on, in terms of 
over risk aversion or over caution or the inability to pull the trigger, that would be another way to think about it, is I've got yeah. two thoughts on it. Number one thought is this is a really tough market right now to find something that is very comfortable to own. Very tough market. Anything that's on sale right now is on sale for a really big reason. It's mm -hmm. had an event mm -hmm. um, or it's going to have an event in a recession or something. Um, so the only things that are looking interesting right now to me are tech companies that have been slaughtered out there um, in out of fear that the growth is no longer there and that shrunk the multiple and bam, everybody's out of it. And you've got these things like Google back down to prices that are starting to get extremely interesting to us. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so, um, and so you've got you know good reasons why it's down there, right? It's like okay, well, how do I judge this better than a bunch of really smart people on Wall Street? Oh um, well, that that frankly does not come into my worries. I'm it, confident. I think it does in come into some people's my worries. My ability just feel to like, judge oh, people better than a bunch of yeah, but listen, you've got you've been involved in that sort of elite educational world your whole life. You you don't come from, you know, you don't come from where I came from. You, you're coming from Wellesley, Oxford, NYU. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't get much more elite than that. So you're used to it. You're used to being around people, and you know they're just people, and you know they make mistakes, and so. Other people who are, don't come from that background just look at that, the sort of level of attainment people have to have who are on Wall Street, the level of education, the level of intelligence is very high. I mean, there's no question about it. It's very high. But all those brilliant IQs get caught up in lemming-like behavior. And, and for reasons we've talked about many times here on the show, Lemming-like behavior and just smokes those IQs and makes them worthless. And we have wonderful opportunities to compete. So lemming-like behavior has taken all these people out of a bunch of tech stocks. And depending on how you look at it, maybe they're on sale. Mm -hmm. There's Those are not easy. Tech stocks are not an easy place to be in this market. They are not six-inch bars for most people. So Let's just stipulate here that this market is very tough. You should be very skeptical of anything that you think is on sale right now in a marketplace that's being driven by fear of missing out on the next wave of the market going up, uh, something that they've been on for 13 years now. Um, I think very tough market. So that's that's the first thing. And then the second thing is just how deep have you dug on a company. I mean, how really deep do you go? Because going deep is critical. You have to go really deep. And what I find, and that could be just me, but what I find is I have the most um, difficult time making up my mind when I really haven't done enough of the work. Mm -hmm. I've done a lot of the work, but not enough of the work. And the proof that I have not done enough of the work is right there in the pudding. It's the proof of it is that I am uncertain. I am uncertain. And that means one of just two things. Either I haven't done enough work yet to read enough 
about the company to get certain or it's too hard. That's, those are, those are it. It's either too hard for me or I just haven't done the work. And so really the difficulty isn't the uncertainty. The difficulty is slogging away at something that very likely is too hard. It's just slogging mm, away, staying uncertain, mm. and then crud. It's, you just get to this point where you just are uncertain and you, you're stuck in that place. And at that point, too hard. When I know I've done enough of the work, I've read everything I can get my hands on. I've looked at all the sides of this thing and I'm still not sure. Because the advantage I guess I have, Danielle, over um, investors who are just getting going is I've got 40 years of experience of deciding um, to pull the trigger on companies that I felt very good about, six inch bars, and I know what that feels like. I yeah. know what a six inch bar that feels like. That is not a small point. No, it's that not is a small not point. a small point to know what it feels like. When it's a six inch bar, it's, it's very, very clear. Mm -hmm. It's just like, oh yeah, this is definitely an event that I understand. It is definitely going to get over. The institutional managers are definitely getting out because it's going to get over too late for them. So they're bailing. The stock is on sale for good reasons from their point of view. And it's a wonderful business on sale from my point of view that I can buy. And in a year or two or three, this issue is going to work itself out. I know that with an extremely high degree of certainty. Mm. And when it does, this company's going to the moon. When and, you have yeah. had that level of certainty, mm -hmm. I think I already know the answer to this. Has that uh, borne out in terms of stock price? Yep, every time. No, not every time. Come on. Every time. Every time. No. Every time it's that clear. The ones that haven't are companies where there was some larger degree of uncertainty. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, I'll give you one right now. I'll, I'll tell you right now. Do you think right that's now. some survivorship bias right there? I'm not a shrink, so I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I can't see that much in my head. But what I do recognize is that there are varying levels of that certainty, right? When I've got that six inch bar certainty, I really know the company, I really know the industry, I understand the management team and I know they're good and I, I know these guys have a big moat and I know they're gonna pull out of this event. That's a pretty much a no brainer. I mean, it doesn't work out necessarily that those things turn out to be three or 400% returns, right? Three or four to one mm -hmm. or five to one or 10 to one, but it does turn out that they work out well. The ones that are harder are are the ones like I'll, I'll give you one right now. I'm I'm we got as much money in this company as I probably want to, so I'm going to tell you about it. Um, it's a it's a natural and an organic foods company called Sprouts Farmers Market, mm -hmm. and they have a really unique sort of 
way of distributing um, by buying massively wholesale from farmers who have produced too much. They've sold off their main their crop to their main distributors, and what's left over sprouts gets at stunning prices. So they are sort of the Walmart of organic. In fact, there's so much the Walmart of organic that they put their stores in next to Walmart. Perfectly happy to compete <laughs> with Walmart's grocery prices because they're producing a different product. And um, and here's the thing: it I just don't know if this. I I know this company's really inexpensive right now. It's very cheap. Produces a tremendous amount of cash flow. They're certainly successful, and they're going to be building more stores. So I'm confident they'll be bigger in the future than they are today. But that's kind of the end of my level of confidence. I, I know with a high degree of comfort that they'll be bigger in 10 years than they are today. Whether they're going to be a lot bigger or only a little bigger, mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I think that's I a really know. good point because I think that's something that goes through my head a lot. I like the company. I like the management. I think they've got a good moat. Can I see them doing incredibly well? Yes. Can I see them maybe just doing fine? Yes. Where does where does it land in that like you know, hundred X versus like two X? You know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot about especially I think we talked about that a good amount with Netflix. Like, how do you predict a company that you think is a good one, but uh maybe isn't obvious where it's going. There's still some questions around its competitive advantage or where the market's going within its its industry, something like that. Well, I mean, just shifting gears over to Netflix for a second. Um, that it, Barron's just wrote this big article on Netflix and it's, it has three opinions from very smart analysts. One, that it sucks and you should get rid of it. It's going to be bad in the future. Mm-hmm. Two, that it's going to be good in the future, but it's going to take some time. Mm-hmm. And three, that it's already good and you should buy it right now. And it's going to be fantastic. Did they and run these those next to really each other like people. on purpose? <laughs> yeah, like here's three Barons different. Went three different <laughs> really smart analysts. Um, and and so when we look at when I look at, at Netflix, what I see is the difference between Netflix and Sprouts. Is that with Sprouts there isn't a real obvious event that's occurred. Mm. And I very rarely buy companies that don't have an obvious event. And the reason is because I end up in this sort of gray area, uncertain about how well it's going to go. Whereas when there's been an event and the stock price has come from, in Netflix case, like the high 700s down to 150 or something, right? 180. one, I guess it got down to 190. I mean, it goes from 700s down to 190. There's an event. There's a big event. Mm-hmm. You know, they for the first time, they lost subscribers. <laughs> okay, the growth is over. Bail out, right? That's Wall Street knee-jerk reaction. And that's driven by the need for Wall Street investors to be uh, with the peer group that exits. They don't want to be in there with the stock going from 700 to 100 and and have all that egg on their face if their entire peer group is getting out. So they're all going to kind of get out together like the lemmings that they are. And 
for good reason. From their point of view, it's going to take a long time for Netflix to get its act back together if it ever does. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, what they ignore with a company like Netflix, these are things that don't exist with Sprouts, but what they ignore with Netflix is that Netflix has twice as many eyeball minutes on its streaming services than the next highest eyeball number in the whole industry. And it doesn't come from a streamer. It comes from CBS television. So you go Netflix with like 1.8 million, billion, trillion eyeballs to CBS, which has half of that at about 700 or 800. And then you just keep going down the TV stations until you get to Disney, which has the next number, which is a fraction of Netflix eyeballs. And yet Disney is priced right in there, you know, like pretty much relative to Netflix. And you just look at the massive amount of people who are sitting on Netflix compared to anybody else. And you you just have to conclude that they have something going on that nobody else has. They have first mover status and they have this this flywheel that just keeps rolling because they've got... another Netflix apology. No, it's not a Netflix apology. It's that (laughs) they have the real numbers. Uh It's really, really, really fascinating. How does that relate to Sprouts? Sprouts is, why is it on sale? Okay. Okay. Right? So you take a company with real numbers dominating the industry... And you throw them in the trash because, ah, their subscriber number went down. Even though they told you they were going to go down for a year or so. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Now, when by the same token, Wall Street is just as sort of short thinking. If those subscriber numbers start to come back up, then they'll all bail back into the stock. It's just like, oh, now, oh, it wasn't the big problem we thought it was. Let's jump back in there. So... I think number one, it's really helpful to have a big event. That's just gigantic. Pick companies with big events. Number two, make sure you understand the event, that the impact of this event is short term. With Netflix, we have a very high degree of comfort that this is going to be a much bigger company down the road for all kinds of reasons, some of which we've talked about. Um, and as a result, their subscribers are going to go up. They're going to figure out this ad-related stuff. They're going to bring in revenue from that. And they are going to continue to grow. Uh, so that's I mean, that's all thing. your opinion, I just have to say, because you've now stated a lot of stuff as fact about Netflix. That's the future. It's your opinion. It's. I mean, you don't have to say that. That's obvious. Nobody has facts about the future. Okay, good. People have opinions about the future. Anybody listening who hasn't listened to our Netflix episodes and wants to hear some other opinions, go listen to those. Oh, you can, you know, opinions are like buttholes. Everybody's got one. Exactly. So, you know, <laughs> the, the issue that I think we've got to get you guys thinking about is to only have a few. You don't need a lot of opinions. You only need to have a few opinions about what the future is going to be on a few companies. So what you'll want to do is get really good at one of them right now. That's the, that's the homework. That's the work you got to do. 
is to get deep into something to where you know what it's like to be deep. You know what the process is to get there. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I'm I'm coming at this after a few years and I've I've done that. So it's still something I'm struggling with. Well, if you're struggling, it's because of one of two things. Yeah, so I'm, I hear you. So one is... Or it's too hard. Maybe there's too many difficult companies. It's just a tough area. Right now, right now you, you wouldn't be is, wrong to think that it's everything's too hard. It wouldn't be wrong to think that. It's just everything's too hard. That could be true. I don't know. I honestly think it's likely Maybe. it's true. I mean, think I'm about trying it. to decipher my at, own psychology right now and think about what is what is the stopping point. And I think, yeah, I think for me, like what really resonated is when you said, I know what it feels like to be certain enough. And I have had that experience a few times. And for me, the experience was... I've done the research. I understand this company. I think it was really a feeling of trust for me. I trust these people with my money. That's literally what I'm doing. I'm handing my, well, okay, not 100% literally. Through a middleman, I'm handing my money over to this company. And they're going to do things with it. Do I trust them? to do things that I'm going to agree with in the future. Well, that's pretty soft stuff to, to get strong opinions about, isn't it? It is, yeah. So that exactly. we've never emphasized that particularly, have we? I don't I don't know. I'm just telling you my thought process. I know. I'm just telling you that there's there's a lot of things we could emphasize about a company. Um, but we don't really emphasize that. We just say we would like to trust these guys. We would like mm -hmm. to know that they have integrity and talent. But we're not going to know that until it really hits the fan and then we get to find out mm -hmm. if they've got the integrity and talent that we thought they did. Yeah. So true. we don't emphasize that largely. You know, what we emphasize is, does this company have a moat and do you understand this business? Mm -hmm. That's what we do emphasize quite heavily. So yeah. you don't want to spend a lot of time on stuff that you could spend forever on and not get clear about. You want to spend yeah, the time fair over point. Here where it's about getting really, really deep on a, on a business. And I think it's a real fair thing, Danielle, right now in this market to be quite clear that this is a really hard market to get confident in. This is a very extremely overpriced market. The uh, Wilshire GDP ratio, which we've talked about in the past, is still running about 220 or 230%. Warren Buffett is still sitting on $100 billion. I mean, those, those are huge red flags for thinking this is a wonderful time to go out and find six-inch bars hmm. to jump over. Hmm. Buffett's not jumping over something, and his six-inch bar is definitely higher than my six-inch bar. <laughs> I mean, he's a lot smarter than me. So if he's not finding six-inch bars to jump over, 
why would I think I'm going to find them laying around out there? It's just not, not going to happen. So you got to be patient. And boy, I'll tell you, patience is going to get rewarded here. I really believe it, Danielle. I think we're starting to steamroll into a really rough time. I, Ray Dalio just came out Monday with the most clarity I have ever seen him do, ever, by far. Dalio, we've talked about many times here, does not tell you here's what's going to happen. He just kind of lays out the scenario and you can make your own judgment. He just came out and said, the stock market's going down 30%. We are going to go into a very big recession. Hmm. We are going to have inflation persistent for a decade at probably around 6%. The bond yields will go up in the range of uh, four and a half to six. Um, inflation will be, a, uh, bonds will be about one point above inflation, if that. Um, and the impact of that is extraordinary. I've never seen him do anything like that. As you guys must have been so many people asked him what's really going to happen that he finally just put numbers on it. He said, this is his best guess if we don't have any real problems. And he also, if you'll recall, has suggested recently that America has about a 30% chance of some sort of violent revolution, that we've got a significant chance of a shooting war with China and or Russia, that these things happen and the bets are off. Then it's a whole different ballgame. But just if everything stays, the lid stays on, then that's the numbers he would expect us to see. So going into that scenario right now where we are, this is not an easy place to be right now. It's going to be a lot easier down the road for everybody that does the homework, does the studying, builds a watch list of a few wonderful businesses you get deep enough into that you're comfortable buying it because it got so cheap you're buying it even if it's going to go down more because you, you don't know how far down it's going to go. But you, yeah. you want to buy it and be comfortable with it. And that, I think, is the essence of this kind of investing. So you shouldn't feel bad that right now, oh, this is a lot of uncertainty. Damn right. Should be a lot of uncertainty. Things are sky high and not likely they're going to go sky higher. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's leave it there. <laughs> All right, sounds good. All right, have okay. a good one, everybody. Thanks, everybody. See you Bye. next time. Hi, guys. Thanks for listening to Invested. If you enjoyed this episode and you want more information or to listen to additional episodes, visit our website at investedpodcast.com and sign up for my virtual workshop right there. Spots are definitely limited for this event. I'm not kidding. They really are. They sell out very quickly. So everything discussed on this podcast, by the way, is either my opinion or it's Danielle's opinion. And it's really important. It's not to be taken as investing advice because I am not your financial advisor, nor have I considered your personal situation as your fiduciary. So remember that you're on your own here. This podcast is for your entertainment and education only. And I really hope you enjoyed it. <laughs>